about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. I'm in a library. <laughs> and we are back. <laughs> That that should not be cut out. That that bit there should be should say. <laughs> All right, and we are back. Uh, that laughter was brought to you by Steve, podcasting from a library, uh, because apparently one of us had to be homeless for an episode. Uh, this is the Four Horsemen podcast. We are your three favorite horsemen, and you are the fourth. The listener. Today we are going to deliver some tastes so sweet they'll deliver you or give you tooth decay. And Dylan, in the all industrious manner that he is, has decided that we have moved to Skype. So hopefully our audio levels are better, and we will have some colloquialisms uh, that will be better as well. And so Dylan, being industrious as he is, figured out that we could use Skype. Uh, so we're going to do it. Uh, really, before we begin, uh, any updates, you guys? I hope you're all doing well from the last time we spoke. Well, it's funny you say someone has to be homeless because next episode I'll be the homeless one. Um, looking for a place to live. Um, just What's the red like up in Canada? Um, depends, I guess. Not too bad. Uh, one bedroom, something like fourteen, fifteen hundred Canadian, so about two hundred thousand American. Oh my! Or no, wait—that'd be the other way around. It'd be like four dollars American. If I wanted to yeah. exaggerate, currency exchange. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not that great at numbers, despite handling people's retirements for them. But even I knew that was a little shoddy on the numbers. I know the joke here is that our dollars a lot less than yours. So, uh, <laughs> bef- we will go get into the season, our predictions, the playoff, pretty much everything about football, which is why people listen. Uh, but Dylan, uh, before I really get started, I have a question. Um, what side of the road do you drive on in Canada? I should be annoyed at that, but I think it's actually a fair question given our like British roots. But we do drive on the right side of the road, hmm. like most normal people. Good to know. Okay, I'm just just wondering that. I was driving home today, thinking about you. Uh, that's kind of cool. So. The season's right upon us. Preseason has started. The captains have been elected. And we are ready and raring to go to beat the Louisville Cardinals and go 1-0. So what we're going to do today, everyone listening, we're going to do a quick little preview of the team. Uh, we're going to hit some game-by-game previews. We're going to do a playoff scenario. And we're going to do some predictions. Uh, but before we begin, we'd be remiss uh, to talk about What's going on in college football right now? Uh, two things. Tate Martell did not get the starting quarterback job, and the Horseman podcast curse is 1-0. and Thank you, Tathan. And the second thing, and I want your opinions on this, uh, Dabo Swinney has refused to give a ring to his quarterback who left four games into the season. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Bryant, Bryant left after game four 
and now is playing at Missouri, who consequently won't be able to go to a bowl this year for some violations. Uh, but I want your guys' opinion. What do you think about this move by Dabo? Uh, does Kelly deserve a ring or uh, what not? Dabo's a crazy person, so um, that that's pretty much it. I don't know why you wouldn't give it to him. I mean, he won you four games. Um, I don't know, Steve. You seem to be shaking your head. Yeah, no. Um, he left. He wasn't run out of town. He said, you know, I got bested by a true freshman. Um, and I don't know. Is it, I, I guess, technically preserving a year of eligibility? Um, yes. Okay, so then he played his four games, then he was able to redshirt, preserve a year of eligibility. Now he's in Missouri. Uh, feels very much so like you kind of just quit on your team. And it's like, at the end of the day, buddy, like you weren't that great. Um, you know, good enough to obviously be a starter at a major program, but uh, obviously we know who the real X Factor was. So he got run out of town by someone younger and better, and... Yeah, he gave up on his guys. So if if you're get, if you're you know gonna quit on your team, there's no reason for them to honor you. And that that's my my view out of it. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with the way it played out. But what does my opinion matter? <laughs> yeah, I would uh I would agree with that. Uh, some Notre Dame reporters don't agree with me. Uh, if I quit my job now, I'm not calling my boss up in December asking for a holiday bonus. So if I if I left. I'm not expecting anything of that. And people are all up in arms. Uh, but that's just society now. And now with how college football is, with the neocolonialism of these players going from one program to another, it, it's absolutely ridiculous to assume that this player needs something that he didn't earn. So <laughs> that's where we're at with that. Uh, but now that's all I want to talk about. Again, Horseman Pod. Curse is 1-0. and oh. Uh so enough about every other team that doesn't matter. Let's talk about the one team that does matter. Uh, so Dylan, let's uh, let's start with you. Give us some uh, some stats about this team right now, and I'll chime in when needed. I have none. Um, I don't know if the stats from last year are going to carry too much. Um, I meant more so the players that are are going to be on the team, not actual stats. Oh, um, I think we got a pretty good group. I feel pretty confident going into this year. I think we're as good as last year we're going to find that out as the season goes on as we always do right you always forget or you always don't know how good you are at the start of the year um i think it's going to start with Khalid kareem and julian okawara our two edge rushers are both high draft prospects they're both really highly regarded at the edge position so you're going to get pressure on the quarterback um the secondary is returning but five key players everyone but julian love right so we got aloe gilman you know of course a, a pod favorite um, Jalen Elliott, who's murdered three people last year and is going to go for a few more. Uh, and Troy Pride Jr., apparently uh, Dante Vaughn's had a good camp. Um, Sean Crawford, in his ninth year, might finally actually play a game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> I think he's he has more functional kneecaps than he's played games at Notre Dame. Sean Crawford? It, yeah, it's it's a joke because he like yeah. blows out a kneecap like every eleven seconds. Well, he was uh, a highly recruited player too. We were all kind of amped for, and he's got oh, two yeah. injuries. Oh no, he he is the the real deal. Um, if if he can stay healthy as as the nickel guy, I mean, that would make a massive difference. 
Yeah, and Houston Griffith too, right? Um, kind of covering at safety and corner. So I think the secondary group's going to be really, really good. The question, of course, is linebacker. Um, we don't really have much returning talent there other than uh, Bilal. Uh, I don't know if they still have him at the Rover, if they're going to move him over. No, he moved to Buck. Buck, right. So I, I know this Jack Lamb kid's supposed to be really good, uh, true freshman or redshirt freshman. We'll see. I think the defense is... I like that scheme that, uh, of course, Elko put in before he left, and I think that alone is going to help us along with the talent we have. On the flip side of the ball, I mean, Chip Long is what, maybe a top five, top ten offensive coordinator in the game. Super creative. I can get tight ends into the game, running backs, all sorts of things. Um, And when you bring back a quarterback like Ian Book, you got to really like the Irish this year. I mean, that's the most important position. You're bringing back not just a good quarterback, uh, an elite quarterback, um, the wide receiver group is the most talented we've seen in a while. The offensive line is returning four starters. Like, I don't know why anyone's pessimistic. I don't know why a certain team that starts with an M is getting a lot of hype and not us. Uh, that we're returning Skinny, more talent. Charlie Weiss. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, NFL kind of coach who hasn't won anything at college. But yeah, no, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, I want to know your guys' thoughts on our tight end, Cole Komet, getting hurt. Does that can affect the team? What do you think? Steve? We're pretty deep, thankfully. Um, so now his uh, replacement, so he, he, he uh, the injury itself, a broken collarbone, uh, which I'm a one-time survivor of. So, I mean. Could have been you. Yeah, could have been me. Um but if I could do it, and if I if I could come back uh, to uh, to the podcast game, um, you know, then then he can definitely get back onto the field. You know, he's just got to show a little grit. But <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, so it's about three to six weeks, um, and we are three weeks away from the start of the season. So on on the high end, he's going to be missing you know three potentially four games. I don't think it's going to go out that far. The first game, what do we have? Louisville. Um, Louisville yeah. by. Uh, New Mexico. Yeah, so I mean, it's looking promising that hopefully he'll be able to play ten regular season games, uh, possibly more. He might even be back for New Mexico, but at that point, don't even rush it. So Cole Komet out. Um, I mean, we have like so many high recruits over the past couple of years. It literally is tight end you. So. Um, yeah, we we should be fine. It's I don't think that's going to be that impactful. I think if it was something to do with like his back, and he was going to be out all season, then maybe you're you're looking at depth issues. Um, you know, as you get into games against like Michigan, Stanford, um, you know, obviously Georgia. But I, I think if he can, I, he should be back before the Georgia game, and I think that uh, you know that that's the the most important thing. So I'm not too pessimistic on this one. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. And the tight end in that offense, he might have the most sure hands on the team. Uh, but we have Claypool back, and he's ready for a breakout season. Fink is a captain. So you have receivers that Book can throw to. And I would have to check the, the all-22 on this, but I don't think he relied on his tight end too much uh, last year. There, there were some throws, but... If you're playing Division One football, it's not like they pull someone out of Dylan Hall uh, to play tight end for them. They have caliber tight ends who have played games before. Uh, I'm more interested to see the development of the freshmen. I have two on uh, in particular uh, my eye on Harrison Leonard, the uh, the kicker, and also kickers are people too. 
And uh, Kyle Hamilton, the safety, uh, in his first practice at the media, could see uh, he had three interceptions on Phil Jerkovic, uh, two off of tip passes. Uh, so with that, he's a ball hawk, and I think he could work his way up into that rotation. I know they're trying to rotate safeties, uh, so we don't have a Gilman situation like last year. Uh, but really, I'm interested in those two. I think uh, overall you have Jafar Armstrong coming back. I was high on him last year. Then you have Ian Book. So there's no cause for concern. Everyone's saying, oh, they're not going to be good. They're, they went to the pinstripe bowl uh, the year after they went 12-0. and uh, It's not going to happen. And we'll get to my season prediction, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, fair stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, I know we're kind of doing a roster breakdown right now. I'm not sure how far we want to get into this. Um so I, I'll tell you two areas where I'm optimistic and then two areas where I'm feeling a little bit more uh, pessimistic. And one second, my thing is bugging out. Okay, we're good. Uh, so where I'm, I'm most optimistic um, you know, is both areas are, are between the trenches. Uh, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, I mean, Ian Book obviously struggled under pressure. In the um, yeah in, in in the bowl game against Clemson, and that you know was abundantly apparent. Word is that Ian Book last year actually won the starting job in camp, but you know um, Wimbush started nonetheless against Michigan because Wimbush was better at facing pressure, and they were concerned about the pass rush. That you know that that was kind of something that was floated out there. Um, so with uh, such an experienced offensive line and a lot of these guys have been very highly recruited for a while now and we have a lot of depth at, at uh, on the offensive line that's comforting to know uh and then on the defensive line we know that we legitimately have a top five defensive line maybe top, top 10 on the, the low end uh defensive line in the nation um so that that's promising you know you, you win football games between the trenches because uh, if you gotta if you gotta win ugly that's the way to do it uh, now, where I'm a little bit pessimistic would be, honestly, and I know this is crazy to think, would be would be Ian Book, and I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, Dylan, you described him as elite. I definitely think he is. I think he's a top five quarterback in college. There's definitely the argument for that. Where I'm concerned, one is is he going to mature um, and become the the field general that we know that he should be, uh, be able to, you know, make pre-snap adjustments to to quell the blitz, so that way he can adjust to the pressure and make the the right play. And then also, we know that he's incredibly accurate, but that's usually on passes of 15 yards or less. Uh, can he stretch the field? You know, we have Braden Lindsay coming out of camp, who was a he's a redshirt freshman. This kid has got blazing speed, and there's like a lot of hype about Lindsay. Um, even Lawrence Keyes, who's more of a shifty slot guy, but you know, we're, we're we feels like we're starting to get like some faster guys on on the edge. Um, you know, at, at receiver, is he going to be able to stretch the field and make those 30, 40 yard throws that will hopefully you know keep those safeties back? So that way, there's going to be you know less pressure, less opportunities for you know interceptions. Uh, so that's that's where I'm a little bit pessimistic. That and and the running back position, you know, Tony Jones is is solid. Uh, Jafar Armstrong, I think, is is good. Uh, it's just concerning that you know 
we're at the level we are as a program and we don't have somebody great uh, you know, to take over for Dexter Williams. So those would be the only two areas of concern. And, and even still, I think we're still in a good spot. Yeah, no, it's pretty much agree with uh, a lot of that there. Pete, do you have anything to say? Yeah, uh, just to go off the uh, the captains, they were announced uh, for the year. Book, Elliot Gilman, uh, Fink, Kareem, Aquara, and Robert Hainsey. Uh, so it's interesting, if you see that breakdown, you have four defensive guys and three offensive guys. Uh, so we definitely know where the uh, the bulk of the talent is. Uh, so you definitely have uh, you definitely have that piece right there. Uh, and then just the other thing, um, there's I'm trying to put put this into uh, right words. You have Komet getting injured, and with the uh, the individual stepping up, you have Brock Wright, uh, and then also Tommy Trimble, uh, and then there's George Takas. Take it, whatever his Greek last name is, George Takas. Yeah, that one. I can't pronounce names. Uh, so you have tight ends, and it, I would like to see a two tight end set out there uh, just to establish the power run. But if we only can do a one tight end and then just spread the field, that'll work well against the uh, the teams we have to uh, to hit. So uh, that's just kind of a, a random spot that I have there. I'm really glad uh, that you see Fink with the uh, the Sienna's chest this year, especially Gilman as well, Jalen Elliott. There, uh, there's some guys that everyone else can look up to. Uh, so that that's where I'm at for that piece. So and we, we did have a couple transfers. So Dylan, I'm not sure if you have anything on that. No, I don't. Um, I was just going to say, should we move on to some game predictions? Uh, uh, just one thing about transfers. I'm not going to say his name because he's no longer an Irish player. So we don't have to talk about him. But if anyone transfers after preseason camp because he feels like he's not going to get playing time, he's a mentally weak individual. And I don't want him on my team. Go Irish. Uh, let's move on. And screw all the schools in Atlanta, Georgia. Especially uh, the yellow and black ones. All right. Uh, next up, we have... The schedule. The schedule. And Dylan, I'm going to let you get the captain's chair here. You're also going to need to buy one of these Make Notre Dame Great Again hats. Uh, we're all wearing them. Yeah. Looks uh, very great. Yeah. Hand-stitched. Hand-stitched. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the schedule is pretty tough this year. Even looking at some of the kind of games you can, you, you expect to win, they're not really that easy, um, at least not based on you know the teams last year. So we're going to start September 2nd, which I believe is Labor Day. Uh, it is. Do you, do you have Labor Day up there? We do, yes. So I will have you. Labor. Yep, the way things are spelt. Absolutely. Uh, and we're going to be playing uh, Louisville. 8 p.m. game. That's interesting. I didn't think that was a road game. Um, so, clap, pause. We are pausing the podcast. Do we want to go game, win-loss, or just quick thoughts? Quick thoughts on the game, and then we could give, like, a, if, if, well, we could do at the end, like, with predictions, right? Like I, don't, I don't think we should go game-by-game game prediction, because that would okay. take too long, just That's overall. Okay. All right, and we are back on. Go. All right. So Louisville away, September 2nd. Um, Brian Van Gorder defense. Is he still there? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so we should win by about, what, 90? Uh, I'm feeling 90. Uh, I don't think Louisville's that good. 
I don't think, think they'll be as bad though. Is, a, is another thing. They're they're <laughs> not good. I don't think that there's anything that I we have to be worried about. I mean, what were they for, two and nine last year? They weren't good. I don't have a record for them because they're irrelevant. Uh, but they're wearing those black jerseys. So I'm worried that it's going to be one of those jersey hype-up games. I don't think anyone goes to school there anyway. Uh, so with that, everyone's going to be there. It's going to be a Miami-like environment uh, for all 50 fans that are in attendance. Yeah, are you, you know, I know we shouldn't be worried at all, but are you worried, you know, first game of the season, the lights, road game, kind of, you know, kind of feeling like Texas maybe where you might not be ready for it? No. You you have Ian Book. You don't have any freshman playing that we know of right now. Uh, so I'm not. I'm personally not worried. You have players who played in the college football semifinal last year. It's yeah. Louisville. Steve. Sure. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It, I guess it's an ACC game on the schedule. So. Yeah, I, I really don't know. There's not much to say about it. I mean, if if, if we lose, I know I, I exaggerate a lot or I say this a lot, but I'll probably kill myself. <laughs> Classic. All right, so then we week move two. to week two. Big bye week. Um, not sure if we're going to win that one. I hate um, that. Well, we got to get ready for the mighty New Mexico whatever the team name is called wolfpack lobos say armadillos they're, they're the lobos lobos means wolf oh really yeah. so new mexico is another interesting one uh it is a game that we should win it's our first home game of the season big uh it's matchup too pardon big independence matchup you know big big in conference game there new mexico or independent i thought they were mountain west Oh no! It says independent here. At least last year they were. Nah, they're they're Mountain West, homie. Uh, and Bob Davies, the head coach. I'm on so, the Wikipedia page for 2018. It said conference independent. Maybe they moved. Well, regardless, Bob Davies, the head coach. So we have two Notre Dame former Notre Dame coaches back to back. Uh, that's pretty interesting. D- uh, Dylan wasn't probably alive during the Bob Davy era, but that's a thing. He preceded Tyrone Willingham. Do you know him? Of course. I know my history. All right, good. Uh, it's another one. Go three. If I wasn't watching it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're three and nine last year. That should be a, a real easy win there. So then we get to the big game, the one probably worth talking a little bit about, and that's going to be Georgia and Athens. Um, night game, we kicked off. Um, who was it? Was it Alabama LSU that we bumped? Yep. First time that they're back to the That's afternoon game since oh oh twelve. Because it seems to me Alabama LSU plays later in the year, but whatever. Fuck those two schools. Um, so I agree. And they and they probably want to fuck their sisters anyway. Um, Cousins, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Fair, fair. I do not cosign. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of cousin fucking Georgia, going down south, um, you guys worried about that game? Steve? <laughs> I mean, he'd be insane not to be. Um, I mean, we all know the story. Uh, what was it, 20 to 19, two years ago uh, on our home turf, and an embarrassing amount of the crowd was wearing red in Notre Dame Stadium. So let's hope we can get some revenge here, a little Irish invasion, uh, take the south. And let's hope this is the, um, you know, the 
the best northern campaign since uh, Ger- General William Tecumseh Sherman. I would like to go on the record right now. I am not worried. Uh, I mean, they're obviously, you know, I mean, one thing I do want to say is that they've lost a lot of talent to either people getting kicked off the team or transfers this year. Um, but obviously they're an elite program. They're a top five team. Uh, we know that they're going to be highly efficient on offense, even though they have like new wide receivers. They're all, all the wide receivers that are going to be playing are former five-star recruits. So they're going to be crazy talented. Um, you know, will Dante Vaughn stand up for four quarters uh, against Eli? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, we're fucked. <laughs> now I'm a little worried. Uh, not really. I Give us your reasoning. Why, why am I not worried? I Hold on. Let me get my reasoning. Dylan, talk a little bit and I'll get my reasoning. I, I have a funny thought. What if we go in Athens and beat them? And then Georgia turns around and has like a seven and five season. That'd be would that be interesting? Notre Dame well, get a big win on the road and it turns out the team fucking sucks. This is why I'm not worried. Vanderbilt, Murray State, Arkansas State are the three games before Notre Dame. So let's think about that. Vanderbilt, SEC, they show up. Murray <laughs> State. OVC, Ohio Valley Conference, Arkansas State, Sunbelt, Sunbelt West. They're not playing teams. They're, they're playing glorified high school teams with the exception of Vanderbilt. As opposed so, to Mexico State, right? Correct. Let me continue my point here. <laughs> so they'll have three games. We'll have two. Yes, these players are going to get a little bit better. But at the same time, you have a 730 start at Vanderbilt a 4 p.m. start against Murray State, and a 12 p.m. start against Arkansas State. First night game of the season. It is their third home game of the season, so we don't have to worry about first home game anything. It's a, it's a trap game for them because then they get into the bulk of their SEC schedule right after Notre Dame. And I know it sounds weird saying Notre Dame's a trap game, but when you think about it, they want to win the SEC. So that, that's the big thing there. So that, Well, they my, can afford to, right? Like, if you... If you're an SEC team looking to get in the college playoff, you can lose to Notre Dame. You know, it's easier than losing to Florida or LSU in terms of getting into that conference championship game. So, yeah, I think you bring up a fair point there. Um, I think one matchup Notre Dame can really try to exploit is, I mean, apparently, um, Georgia's front seven, I think word in Georgia's, they're not too confident about it this they, year. They're, they're definitely decimated because, I mean, they have lost so much talent to the draft, but they are not nearly on the level they have been the last two years. So my thinking there is the offensive line Notre Dame's returning is going to be a top five group in college football. And on top of that, you're going to have Ian Book, who's A, really good at getting the ball out of his hand quick, and B, is a really good quarterback. So I'm looking at that favorably for us. I think we could establish the run. I think we could keep the quarterback um, pressure free. And if that's the case, Georgia's going to be stuck on the field and Notre Dame's going to be scoring some points. And I know our defense is good. They have a good quarterback too. Don't get me wrong, um, but yeah, I think J- that is Fromm, one he, yeah. he he shows up. He's but a then good... let him roll out. That's all I'm going to say. Let him roll out and let's see what our safeties can come up and do. Yeah, I, that's a game I actually don't feel too bad about. Um, and if we lose it, you know that I hate losing, but that's not one that I think breaks our back like it was two years ago. Like when we lost to Georgia at home, 
by the time the playoff committee started coming out, we were right on the door of the top four. You know what I mean? It didn't affect our playoff hopes at all. So it's one, it's an early season game on the road. If you lose it tight, uh, like it'll suck, but the season's not over. And I think it's when we can win. Um, we're, we're returning college football playoff team. Uh, Georgia's that quality too. Didn't Georgia get beat in the sugar bowl, Texas or something? Yes, they did. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I see Georgia's getting a lot of hype. You know, I think we're Irish might be a little underrated this year. So, unless we have anything else to say, we'll move on. Um, move on. UVA at home, the Cavaliers, who have not beaten Virginia Tech, I think, in like 70 years or something. It's an exaggeration. People forget there is that meme that exists on the internet. And the last time Notre Dame and Virginia played was when uh, Deshaun Kaiser launched an absolute piss missile into the corner of the end zone with like 30 seconds left. And you just see it, the life literally leave one of their fans. <laughs> so if we could repeat that performance but make it a little bit less dramatic but still steal their soul, I'm perfectly content with that. Pretty sad that one of the moments in Notre Dame's recent football history is beating University of Virginia week two on the road. Um, in a come from behind win, yes, with a backup quarterback too. I mean, I, I remember probably dancing around whichever apartment I was living in at the time. Um, so the Cavaliers, they went eight and five last year, four and four in the ACC. Um, I don't know too much about them. I have a UVA fan friend. Um, don't know anything really about them too much. Um, it's at home, three thirty kickoff. Do you guys have any thoughts or, or anything that would contribute? Uh, a little bit. They have a transfer from the mighty Richmond Spiders. Uh, they have... Uh, that's it. All right. I, I think that's a game we probably had some points, um, if I'm being honest. Um, now, speaking of padding points, I'm going to cut you off here, Dylan. I uh, know right. this isn't an advertisement, but the following week, October 5th, we play the mighty Bowling Green uh, something or others, the Falcons. Uh, they're coming from the Mac. Uh, Mac is one of my favorite uh, Tuesday night conferences to watch. Action. Yes, 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 yes. They hired the Boston College offensive coordinator uh, as their head coach. So they also went thing. three and nine and two and six in the Mac. Mm-hmm. So this is a game Notre Dame will be favored to win by probably thirty-five, and they'll win by four. So <laughs> well, yeah, I was just about to say. See, I'm nervous about this one. Uh, so this exact week, I will be in Hilton Head Island that that weekend uh, on a golf trip because I golf. Not a big deal. I've had a hole in one. Have you? No, probably not. Um, yeah, so I probably am going to miss that game or I'm going to have to like live stream it while I'm on the golf course. So I don't know. Maybe the juju is off um, where if I'm not watching, we're not going to win. I don't know. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do the best I can. And if needed, if needed, we will call you uh, if we do need that piece. Uh, so then, well, that's Bowling Green. If I can jump in for a second. Oh, um, sure. I think our September schedule is pretty easy, guys. Looking through that and, and the early October schedule, there's only really one tough game. And we know if you can get through September in college football, you know, you're kind of cooking. So I think that's favorable, even though this is a tough schedule in totality. I think that's a really favorable first month and a half. Um, but as you were saying, going from one easy team to another, the Irish then play the Southern California Trojans <laughs> October 12th. Um, it, and it's crazy to think that this is basically a trap game. 
I, I think Bowling Green might have a better record going into the Notre Dame game than USC will. Um, and I'm not doing that because we hate USC. It's just USC has a really tough schedule, and USC isn't good, and their head coach isn't good. And I don't know about you guys, but it seems like every time we play USC at home, we beat them by, you know, 35. That so, That's also the Irish word green game. So that's the... That's, uh, I wonder that's if they'll the break right greens, and if they do, please don't have any blue with it like last year. Um, but it Southern wasn't Cal, bad, Dylan. Are you guys worried about Southern Cal? Is that a, is that a trap game? Is it really? Um, a, oh. It's coming off a of bye week. So the thing that we're forget, forgetting to mention is that like seven Notre Dame teams, no, the bye weeks that they're playing are it's a bye week the week before. Uh, th- I am worried on that piece. I'm not worried that you're seeing Washington, Utah, BYU, and Stanford. Uh, in September to give us good film on what USC has. Uh, so with that, you're you're looking at what they have right now. And and the big thing about USC is they have people and their their secondary is being tested daily. So they're getting ready for the season, which sounds stupid because every team's getting ready for the season. But I feel like they could be a team that does better because their coach is on the hot seat this year. So I, I'm, I'm not sure where to go with them yet, but I am worried. And uh, worth noting that pretty much their marquee guy on offense, obviously, you know, JT Daniel is very, um, you know, highly touted coming out of high school, and you know he had a decent game against us last year, but it was mostly scripted plays because he's a pussy. Um, <laughs> but I, I do got to say that Amon Ra. St. Brown, um, brother to Equimania St. Brown. Holy shit, is that kid very talented. And again, if he's going up against Dante Vaughn, um, you know, I'm I'm not confident. Let's just put, you know, Aloe Gilman and double coverage on that. That's all I'm saying. You can even, if if Dante Vaughn, Dante Vaughn's this year, you can put Kyle Hamilton in a corner. Corner and safety is pretty. You can play the same thing there. We also have three corners ahead of Dante Vaughn, just so everybody knows. It's not like Dante Vaughn's going to be our starting right corner. Um, but this guy has fallen. Yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown was a huge recruiting loss for the Irish. Um, I can't really blame him. California is really beautiful. Um, and all three brothers went to different schools, right? Stanford, USC, and Notre Dame. Correct. Yeah, uh, or Osiris, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got some funky names which is well their um their father is into um what's that uh, egyptian mythology and their last name is actually originally just brown uh but he changed it to saint brown because he wanted it to stick out on the back of the jersey a little fun fact interesting so i I have also a mr olympia or mr universe one of the rare times this is ever going to happen in Notre Dame's schedule, but um, and this is really neat, is back-to-back, it's going to be USC and Michigan, our two biggest rivals. Now, I have on the schedule here from the Notre Dame website, October 12th, USC, by week, and then October 26th at Ann Arbor, um, which is, thank God if that's true, because that means we get the bye heading into the Michigan game. And, um, you know, Steve's the one who always wants to kill himself, but if we lose to Michigan, it'll be me that you got to watch out for. Um, I absolutely hate them. It's, I think if the time I got into college football was right around where Notre Dame and Michigan had a lot of tight, tight games that ended up going against let's us. Not, let's not talk about those years. We, we won't. We won't. Um, but I hate Michigan more than anything in this world. So I'm going to let you guys have a more rational take on them before I, I start piling on them. So, I think Shea Patterson just stinks. I think he just stinks at football. Yep. 
Throw away Shay. Mr. Shay Patterson. Mr. I don't want to get hit by the defense. Shay Patterson. Shay Patterson's a Heisman contender. He's going to bring Michigan to the mountaintop. No. He is not a good quarterback. And all these people are out there saying that he's the one. He's the next incarnation of Tom fucking Brady are all off base. Tom Brady was a Shay. He is not a good quarterback. And I'm not saying that because I hate him. I do. But (laughs) he folds under pressure. And then now you have Harbaugh, skinny Charlie Weiss, having their fullback go both ways, going from playing fullback to playing three-tech. That's a gimmick. All the Michigan team is are a bunch of gimmicks. Go blue. We support you. That sign, I just threw my hat in there. That's a pretty shitty sign. I'll give you that. It's a terrible sign. Oh, we're going to run and hit it. That's a bad sign. I hope yeah, have one of the players tearing ACL. ACL jumping up. Hey, we said the same <laughs> thing, Steve. It's, it's bullshit. The big house is bullshit. The entire, I hate everything about it. And that's my rational take. Shea Patterson, not a good quarterback. Let's go win a friggin' game. I mean, just to get very rational about it, I mean, they lost, what, seven players on their defense? Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, their strength, right? Yeah, they, that's their strength. They, they, they definitely have a lot of, you know, incoming talent, but uh, a lot of it is unproven talent. So do I expect to struggle on the road against them? Most likely at 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, uh, the week before, you know, Halloween. Ra- rationally, yes, we're going to probably not play our best game, but should we win by a, at least a touchdown this early in the season, you know, all things being equal, no no major injuries, yes. So I mean, we'll cross the bridge when we get there, but... They absolutely. also have... They have Penn State the week before at Penn State. That's a big one. Yeah, So and usually you would say, well, we have USC the week before, or the two weeks before, but they're going to suck this year. Mm-hmm. Um, with Michigan, it's really funny. Ever since Harbaugh's taken over, it's kind of like they've gotten the Notre Dame treatment of being super hyped every year and having their quarterbacks put on Heisman lists. Um, yeah, and, and like, I, I have a lot of problems with Michigan. Every Notre Dame fan knows why we hate Michigan. There's a history there. I don't really know why Michigan hates Notre Dame. I have a theory is that Michigan, of course, started off in the early 1900s back in their heyday, um, as the, as the big program that everyone tried to model themselves after. And then of course, within a few decades, Notre Dame had just surpassed them in every area. And I think Michigan doesn't want to give away that. They don't want to admit that we're the greatest program of all time. And that's why they hate us. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a Michigan fan out there. Explain it. Yeah. I mean, they, they hang on to their winningest program of all time. But then if you actually look at win percentage, they obviously fall off massively. So, okay, congratulations. You were a school 35 yeah, years before anyone else. I think they're still number two in win percentage. Like, we're number one. Although, the NCAA took that away, right? So, on Wikipedia, we're not number one. But... I'm not going to bring up my issues with Wikipedia. Um, Dylan's been fighting the good fight from up there. He's uses VPNs. He's probably blocked from Wikipedia for all we know. Probably. <laughs> last, year, last year I got really into it. Um, here's the thing with Michigan. They have really good receivers or really talented receivers. I don't know how proven they are. Um, Tariq Black, um, Peoples-Jones maybe is the name. Donovan, yeah. And uh, another guy. So um, that'll be something to watch out for, but apparently they're trying to revolutionize their offensive play calling which of course was their biggest problem last year if they do maybe maybe something to be worried about but michigan's going to play a really 
nice faces you guys are making there. For people at home, they're doing the blowjob face because fuck Michigan. Um, <laughs> no, I just don't think you can revolutionize an offense anymore. It's fucking 2019. Everything that has been done has been done. Jim well, Harbaugh isn't a mad scientist. He's a goddamn I mean, mediocre coach. I think he needs to get a better play calling system going on, but really, they're going to play said. an itty gritty game, run the ball a lot. Probably going to be a low scoring game. I can't see this really turning into a shootout, but I really anticipate uh, that's going to be a, a fun one. Michigan's best crowds at the Big House are always against Notre Dame. It's not Ohio State that brings in the highest attendance, it's Notre Dame. So that'll be a fun one. Um, we'll do a little more coverage on that that week, talk about how much we hate them. Um, and then that's a game that could make or break the season. So moving on, Virginia Tech, VT, what do you guys think? They'll show up. At least we won't have to see their titty-tack entrance anymore. Uh, Bud Foster's gone. No, not Bud Foster. Um, Beamer. Was- Beamer's gone. Frank Beamer's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. They're white guys. They all look alike. Um, so with that, it's Vatek. They're coming in. They're a scary team coming off of Michigan. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, that's why I can say about them. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's really the only concern here is I don't think it's the uh, the substance or the quality of of Michigan, of of uh, of Virginia Tech rather. Um, I think it's more so you know our guys are going to be getting up and, and kind of going all out for the week before. Are we going to be healthy? Uh, are they going to be able to you know, albeit at home, you know, control your emotions and focus and bear down and just win the game that you should. And, you know, unfortunately our program has had the problem of not winning the games you should in, in years past. Uh, and that's why, you know, we are wearing make Notre Dame great again hats, um, you know, because the great teams will find a way to, to bury a, a, a slightly above average team like Virginia Tech. So well, to be fair, we've been pretty great in the last few years, but yes, your point's taken. We need to bury them. P. I have a thought that we haven't brought up. November 2nd, the day after All Saints Day, the day before that is Halloween. Traditionally, in the U.S. educational system, correct me if I'm wrong, in Canada, Dylan, people get drunk on Halloween in costumes. Will there be a hangover for any player on the field that night? (laughs) Not for Notre Dame. They're not allowed to drink. Come on, guys. That's the under. Yeah, Michael Floyd never had a drinking problem. In no. And then our other favorite player who's still suspended for fighting the Uber driver. Uh, but guys, we're morally superior to everyone. Hot, that. Just listen. Hot tip. Bet the under. Whatever that might be. That, yeah, that could be right there. Um, I think that's kind of a trap game. VT should be better this year. Um, they kind of had an underwhelming season last year after starting off well against Florida State, a money, I, a game I still made money on. Um, but I think we go from one trap game to another because we move on to November 9th, and then we have Duke away. And if you guys Duke, Duke was decent last year. Um, if I recall, I think they were 8-5. and five. Yeah, they went 3-5 and five in the ACC, though. Um, they did lose their quarterback um, to the Giants, 6th overall. I hope everybody laughs at that at home. Hmm. 12 p.m. game. On the ACC network, yeah, I that's mean, why I'm booing. Well, yeah, that that's really annoying. It should at least be three uh, thirty because you know Duke is is in North Carolina. But um, I, this is is the one. Uh, like last year, I could have pointed to the Pittsburgh game and I would have told you, 
we absolutely would have struggled putting away Pittsburgh, and and I was basically spot on. I'm calling my shot now. Uh, the Duke game, we should win by 17. The Duke game is one where we're going to win by six, and it, it's not going to be pretty, but again, win ugly. Uh, win between the trenches, win ugly, as long as there's a W on the board. Um, you know, uh, I think 11-1 and one, uh, this year, just to get a way out ahead of my skis. You know, puts us in in still a very competitive position, um, depending on how the landscape shakes out. So, you know, that's a game where I expect we're going to struggle. But listen, just put it away, and you're home the next week. So, yes, Navy, November sixteenth. Traditionally, I know Dylan has an issue calling them a rival, but they are. Um, it's a two thirty start in Indiana, which is confusing. Honestly, why do we play them? They hurt us every year. They play us tight. They provide nothing to the schedule. And they suck. What's what's why do we play them? Because Dylan, there was this thing called World War One and World War Two. No. And when the Navy was struggling years ago. Come on, guys. Yes. But no, because the no- Notre Dame gave their students to the Navy, mm-hmm. they have the honor of that rivalry. It's why yes, Army and Navy play us financially during the war because we didn't have any kind of financial resources. But here's the thing. Haven't we paid them back? They've been playing the top program in college football since like 1920. We went 76 years in a row it's... beating them. Come on. What's what's the point? It's a play game. We know they're going to run the triple option. It's just a game. Let them play. Let drinks. the boys play. Fuck the boys. You're going to get hurt playing the team. Anyway. I, I point taken. Let's go to another fucking team I don't like at all. It's not really a rival. Dylan Boston might have College. an aneurysm this year. <laughs> might. <laughs> might. Boston have, College. Good thing Canada has free medical care. You might actually have an aneurysm. Uh, Boston College. I was at that game a couple years ago when everyone ran for 500 yards over Boston College. It was the hottest game of the year. And I got to hang out with two former Notre Dame players at a bar beforehand. It was the best. Uh, but this game, Which again, players? I'm worried. What? Which players? Didn't you meet Kona Schwenke? No. Kona Schwenke, I think he passed away. Rest in peace. And if he didn't, I apologize. Yes, he, did. <laughs> he did. Rest in peace. Yes, he did. Um, no, it was... Um, New Jersey and Maryland. Corner and defensive tackle. And I'm blanking on their names. They played with Brady Quinn and Charlie and under Charlie Weiss. Ashik Williams? No. He was from New York. He was from like Brooklyn or some shit. We'll get back to that. Uh, but Boston College, they have a really interesting schedule this year. Uh, the coaches, Adazio is a great coach. Uh, I'm worried about that game because it's also senior day. Uh, so hopefully the Irish show up for that, but that's another November is a tough November. It's every game could be a trap. So that's where we're at there. All right. Yeah, they were good last year too. If you guys remember, um, played Clemson really tight, but yeah, yeah. um, that's not even a chest until that's going to be at South Bend. So, I mean, Boston college in November should frighten every Notre Dame fan. Um, of course in 93, that's when, uh, they beat Lou Holtz's team after Lou Holtz beat Florida State in Game of the Century, which, by the way, Notre Dame has played in the most Game of Centuries than any other team in college football history, and they've won the most. 
just in case you're doubting who the best program in college football history is. Anyway, um, Stanford, November 30th, Palo Alto, where the game will be half sold out. What do you guys think? Honestly, it's the most terrifying game on the schedule. Really? Um, Stanford is still rebuilding. Um, yeah, they, they definitely have a lot of gaps. Uh, there's there's some talent gaps there that we are the superior team. Uh, we should beat them. Um, you know, if, if you're given a six and a half point line on that, I think you... Again, under normal circumstances, Notre Dame should cover that. They should win by at least a touchdown. Uh, but recent history in Palo Alto in November, you know, I'm just thinking back to like to- Toby Gerhardt running for 495,000 yards in the first half against us. Like, well, Brian you know, Kelly, I'm thinking a couple of years ago. Um, Do you guys know that? What's that? Brian Kelly's not one in Palo Alto. Really? Yeah. So it's so, it's it has not been good in, in and, the past. And I don't know why, because Stanford's not a tough environment to play in. Again, they don't really sell out their games. Um, it's usually probably half Irish fans there anyway. But it's just Stanford, when they play us at home, they're either really good or we're really bad, or we're both good or we're both bad, and we just never seem to win. Um, that is one, I understand the fear. Um Stanford, the Pac-12 is going to be open this year, so probably no Stanford could end up being fighting for a, a, champ, a conference championship game there. But yeah, uh, I don't know too much about what they're returning. I know David Shaw's an excellent coach. I always liked him. Um, P-Wagon, you're kind of the, the coach guy. What do you think of him? David Shaw? I hate him. <laughs> Why? One, I have better hair than him. Two, I don't think he's a good coach. And three, he has his bullshit colloquialisms out there where he tries to talk like he's a smart coach, but really he just is the coach of Stanford. The end. Jack, subscribe, like, five stars on iTunes. If you're at this point in the podcast, I've said all four words. Thank you very much. And Andrew Bake, I don't want to hear any of that Notre Dame bullshit because you have to subscribe, like, and rate five stars as well. As we continue. So that'll be the season right there. We'll hit 12-0. and 0, And I know we're getting <laughs> close to an hour on this podcast. Uh, so Dylan, hit us with the next topic while I try to figure out which Notre Dame players I drank with. Uh, playoff scenarios. Uh, we're obviously going to probably get through these a little quicker. Um, college football is going to run through Notre Dame this year because we play both the Big Ten possible champion, the SEC possible champion, and then we could be playing um, a Pac-12 champion. So... It's going to be very interesting. Like, if we go eleven and one, do we get in? You know, you're unlo- you're unlikely to see three teams go twelve and zero again this year. Um, what happens if What happens if Alabama and Georgia both have one loss? You know, one of them beat the other. You know, does do you do you want to win that Georgia game in case Alabama beats Georgia, so you can kind of get ahead of Georgia instead of being logjam behind them, right? Because if you lose to Georgia, and then Georgia loses to Alabama. Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame is now the pecking order before we even consider any other teams. And that kind of really hurts us in terms of getting into the playoffs. So maybe um, beating Georgia would kind of help prevent that. What about Michigan, right? Does Michigan have any kind of realistic playoff shot? I don't think so. Um, but what would a win in Ann Arbor look like? So do you guys have any any kind of thoughts there? 
Yeah. Um, I think 11 and one still puts us in the top six. Um, and I think you, Dylan, I, you are exactly correct. I think you have the calculus here mapped out and, and you always have, you know, a, a beautiful mind when it comes to this type of thing, uh, in, in terms of going through scenarios and, and doing the mental math. Um, I think it, it all depends on if we lose, who do we lose to? Um, is it going to be Stanford last game of the year? Uh, is it going to be on the road against an, an SEC powerhouse? Uh, or is it going to be against a Michigan team that even if they beat us, they probably finish 11-1 and one at best because, again, they're just going to get the doors blown off against them, against Ohio State? Um yeah, I mean, I, I think I think your only loss that you can rebound from would be Georgia, uh, and then you know Georgia has to beat Bama. So, well, it, I'll put this out here because do you guys remember when we beat Michigan last year, twenty four seventeen? I was there. Well, that's the first day I met Steve. Yeah, um, we were friends. Michigan and Joe. Wait, before we go further, oh, yeah, uh, Joe Polano, if you are listening, please come back. Government name and all. We're good. Um, yes. Do you remember when we beat Michigan and then, you know, six weeks later, people are talking about putting Michigan ahead of us in the rankings? I'm sure you guys remember how awful that was. Mm-hmm. What about if we beat Georgia early on by a few points and we get to the end of the year and Georgia's the SEC champion or Georgia's lost to Alabama and there's a spot between Notre Dame and Georgia? I know just by rule of thumb, it should be Notre Dame if you win that head to head. I'm a big head to head guy. But that could be something to look out for too. Even if you beat Georgia, that could end up hurting you if it's uh, if it's you know ten weeks later. Another thing is, as much I, if you told me which one of those two teams, and by two teams I mean the, you know the big two are playing Georgia and Michigan on the road, which one I would rather lose to if I had to, it'd be Georgia, obviously, because I'd never want to lose to Michigan. But I think it would be better for our playoff hopes if we lost to Michigan if we had to lose because having that win over Georgia kind of gives us that little nudge over the SEC. And I don't think Michigan wins the big 10. I think Michigan loses to at least one of Penn state, Michigan state, and then probably one of the other big 10 teams who are sneaky good this year. And then Ohio state. So I would rather almost have that win over Georgia and a strong loss to Michigan. Um, Do you guys have any preference there? If you had to pick one in that God awful scenario, Yes. I would rather lose to Georgia over Michigan because a loss to Georgia means they're at that level where they can beat Alabama, they can beat LSU, they can beat Auburn, they can run the SEC. So a loss to eventual SEC champs Georgia puts us in a better spot than a loss to a middling Michigan team. That's a fair point. Um, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I guess I know this is sacrilegious, but yeah, I, th- I think I'd rather a loss to Michigan, just because I, outside of Ohio State, I think the Big Ten is fledgling right now. I don't think Wisconsin has enough juice to be relevant. Um, so it's. You know, I think Penn State is still uh, a step behind. Obviously, they're kind of rebounding from their um, 
situation. Uh, so yeah, I think that the Big Ten is really only um, it, it's only Michigan and Ohio State basically. I guess Michigan State might be something, but I, I just again I don't think they're all the way where they need to be yet to be considered uh, you know a, a top contender. So I'd rather lose to Michigan, knowing that the odds are that they're at the very least going 11 and one and maybe they shock the world and go 12 and 0 and actually beat Ohio state for the first time in like a million years. It's interesting. We have the same opinion, but for different reasons, like you think Michigan's going to go 11 and one or 12 and 0. And I think it's cause they're going to go nine and three, um, <laughs> but it's, I think it's a very interesting thing. And of course we can't pick, you know, ahead of time. We, we can't know that that's not the way the world works. We go into them one week at a time and I wouldn't want to lose any of them. Um, now, here's a question for you guys. If we beat Georgia week three. When? Uh, when? Are we looking at, like, almost an automatic bid at that point, assuming we finish 11-1? and one? Or are what? we, like, automatically talked about in the top one or two? Beat Georgia in, in consideration because, you know, the media is going to have a bias against it. Uh, mm-hmm. Something happened that day. Uh, Kirby Smart still didn't poop before the game, something like that. Uh, but 11-1, and one, we're on the bubble, depending on who wins the conference titles. We get in over a Big Ten champ of Northwestern. Uh, hard to say if we do that against Ohio State. Notre Dame moves the needle, so uh, whatever happens there in consideration, it's good for ratings, it's good for, it's good for the sport. Yep, and that's it at the end of the day is college football's Notre Dame. Whether you like us or hate us, everything runs through us. We play all the Power 5 programs, or usually within the span of a few years. So we have a lot of data points against a lot of teams. We play a lot of potential conference winners. We play ratings. And we can spoil a lot of things for a lot of conferences. So you can hate us as much as you want. But the fact of the matter is Notre Dame is relevant as they ever have been. And a lot of this season is going to come down to what happens in those key Notre Dame games. So I think that'll move into our and last segment here. Seventy predictions. Really, really quickly, do we see a Big Twelve champion getting into the Final Four? No, no, not this year. I don't think Jalen Hurts is good enough for Oklahoma, and I don't think Texas is back. Not a chance. See you. That's the team to watch out for there. Yeah, okay. what about the Pac-12. Yeah, no. So, Washington. The, the past twelve. The Pac-12 champion is going to be nine and three. Yeah. And the Pac-12 champion would go, even if they went, you know, 11-1 and one in the Pac-12, they'd go 8-5 and five in the SEC West, right? Like, they, people are going to look at that. Yeah. And and first off, sneaky Pac-12 champion this year, Utah. Yeah. Second, Secondly, um, I think Utah, or any, anyone in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, uh, I don't think they would make it in over a 12-win Notre Dame team or possibly even an 11 win Notre Dame team. I, I think we got enough of a resume assuming that we beat, um, you know, at the very least, if we beat, you know, if, if we're at 11 wins, that means we've beat either Michigan or, uh, you know, or Georgia. So I think that would give us the resume over those two this year weakened conferences. So I think that's... we can kind of peg a spot for Clemson, peg a spot for the SEC winner. And then the last two spots will go between Big Ten. Notre Dame, Georgia, and then the Big Ten winner. I, that's, that's the way I think it is. That's SEC much. should only get one team, and that's I know, my but, opinion. But if Alabama and Georgia, you know, both go twelve and one and eleven and one, depending on how that Notre Dame Georgia game went, 
um, those final two spots and plus the Big Ten winner. So really, if you're a college football fan, cheer against the Big Ten this year. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Cheer against them in every game, uh, as you would normally. You know, um, same thing with the you know the Pac-12 and the Big 12. You know, cheer for everyone to lose, but watch out for Ohio State. If Ohio State can have two losses and win the Big Ten, the Big Ten's out. So, Agreed. what what do you guys think this year? I'll go first. Fourteen and zero, national champion. Call me in January. Wow, very pessimistic. <laughs> um, hope springs eternal. Uh, I I can't get onto this podcast in the summertime. I can't get up for, you know, a September second matchup against some bum ass Kentucky ass team. I can't buy a Make Notre Dame Great Again hat if I don't truly believe that this is the year. Every single year is the year until it's not. Fourteen and zero national champion. You got to believe. Wow, Steve was just the most optimistic I've ever heard of him in my life. That's amazing. <laughs> now, I think there's this thing, this bar set by Lou Holtz, that if you're in the media and you're a Notre Dame fan, you have to say 12-0 every year. You know, you can't, within your conscious, pick against them. Are we so, in the media, technically kind now? Of, we're kind of in the media. We're yeah, in all press passes. Media. We definitely um, need press passes if we ever go to a game. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get We'll get my good friend... Uh, Chase Claypool to to get us some access to that. Ooh, a little <laughs> interview on the spot interview. I bet we could do it. Honestly, let's reach out to him on Twitter. I know Rolich. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. There's the two big games, the two big road games, Georgia, Michigan, um, where we'll have probably like a forty percent chance to win to win both or something similar like that. But you know, even if we're like. 80% to win the rest of the games. It doesn't mean we necessarily do. So I think a lot of rational people will look at our schedule and say 10 and 2 and they split one of the they split Georgia Michigan and then they drop a game either Stanford or Virginia Tech, which I think is fair. I think that's rational. Um I think 11 and 1's more likely because I like us at home against those teams. But ultimately, this isn't a fan podcast if I don't sit here and tell you guys we're going 12 and 0. We're going to win the national championship this game this year. Um and and that's that's where I have to stand. Um, that's just my obligation. I think this is going to be a great year. I think our floor is about nine and three. If we get really unlucky, eight and four. I think our ceiling is all the way to the title game. Uh, this is a good team. We can win those games. Georgia is beatable. Michigan is beatable. Uh, we have no good luck at in Ann Arbor, but maybe that'll change. Palo Alto, same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think eleven and one is very likely. I'm going to go 12 and 0 like you guys, of course. Um, but I'd like to hear what the viewers think, you know. Hit us up on Twitter, Four Horsemen Pod, uh, and let us know what you think. Uh, I have uh, some breaking news here. Uh, actually no, this gets me into legal trouble if I break news. We are not breaking news. I'll tell you off podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are learning our rules about breaking news here. I'm getting better at it this season. Uh, Four Horsemen Pod at P Wagon Sipsy at Dilla Dilla ninety seven and at Steve Campy. Uh, and the players I hung out with were Victor Abriamiri. That's what I said. No, you said Kona Schwenke, but that's okay. Same person. And I forgot the other one. He was unforgettable. But Colin they really like Guinness. No, I wish he was the best. My the people Italian will get stallion. you. 
Yeah, he was he was a fun fun cat. But uh, next week and throughout the season, be sure to tweet us. Uh, we may have guests on. We may have some people who want to hang out with us and talk football. Bennett Jackson was the other one. Uh, so really, if you want have any questions for us, we're open. Uh, Dylan's uh, DMs are open to complain to him about the audio quality of this podcast. Mine are for compliments only. And just tell Steve that you like him. Uh, so other than that, we will catch you next week. And uh, we're going to do now, the uh, we're going to do the Louisville preview week a week early just because p wagon's got some important things to do and uh, we appreciate your feedback guys let us know uh talk to us engage with us we had one guy engage with us a few weeks ago and we thought it was fantastic so hit us up we like it go irish make Notre Dame great again beat michigan